Let's Talk Books. I'm Robin Van Auken, a writer and a teacher. My guest and I want to help you write your own book. We're sharing ideas about inspiration, book publication, and promotion. You can find the episode show notes, a free novel, guides, and tutorials at robinvanauken.com. Enjoy the show. It's episode number 10, and my guest is Mary Woods, a minister, an artist, a poet, and a writer. I know Mary through her service work with Beloved Community Council and The Heart of Williamsport. Mary is the author and illustrator of The Heart of the Matter. She describes the book as the result of a willingness to listen to and follow her heart. The book guides the reader to an experience of being wholeheartedly happy, and you know I can relate to that. It is a spiritual message that transcends different beliefs and divisions so that we can remember the love that unites us all at heart. I enjoy working with Mary on local projects because she's an optimist and is always kind. She's obviously taking her own advice. You can learn more about Mary and her book in the show notes at robinvanaugen.com. Let's get started. Hi, it's Robin Van Auken, the wholehearted author. It's episode 10, and I'm here today with Mary Woods. Mary is the author of The Heart of the Matter, and welcome, Mary. Thank you, Robin. Glad to be here. I was very excited to read your book. I'm I'm still actually, you know, still on a, a small high from reading it because so much of it I could relate to, I could resonate with. And I want to talk to you today about your book. But before I do jump into that, I want to introduce you. Um, I know you personally. I work with you on a, a group as a volunteer um, with Heart of Williamsport. Can you tell us a little bit about your role with that organization? Okay, Robin. Um, I've been with Heart of Williamsport for the last two years. And um, my role is the assistant project coordinator. Um, I work with Alice Trowbridge, and uh, we received a grant um, uh, from the Pennsylvania Humanities Council to bring this heart and soul program to Williamsport. And it is all about hearing people's stories and uh, building relationships with people in our communities, um, like a bridge builder to, uh, in any town you have different uh, groups of people, and in many cases they don't know each other, everyone's somewhat isolated in their little worlds. But Heart of Williamsport uh, has the vision of bringing all of these groups together and working together to celebrate our common values and uh, implement them through an action plan that we co-create together. So uh, it's it's been a, a real ride <laughs> in the last two years of getting to know people and hear their stories and hear their what uh, they value. And um, we're going to be. I, I, should I talk about the movie now that we're Please. having? Please do. Talk about anything you okay. wish. All right. Well, uh, the um, current project that we have is a result of many of the interviews that we have had over the last two years, um, asking people what it is they value about living here, um, 
to share some stories about that and also what they'd like to see change. And we have made a film, a short film, with some excerpts from our 80 interviews, um, and it's called From the Heart of Williamsport. And it's a free movie premiere um, that will be on Friday, February the 9th, um, 2018. And it's about celebrating what we love about our community. It's going to be held at the Community Arts Center on West West 4th Street in Williamsport. And the doors open at 5 o'clock with refreshments and hors d'oeuvres. And the movie is from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. We've made it only an hour just to, um, you know, keep people engaged. And then we're going to have a reception in the Capitol Lounge following the movie uh, with some food and um, discussion about how we can uh, get together with other people and um, take these great ideas that we have developed (laughs) from um, hearing people's stories and form action plans. Uh, where people work together to um, bring about these these ideas into manifestation. So it's uh, it's really a, a community engagement uh, process, um, and it's Valentine's Month too in February. So we'll be definitely celebrating um, the love which connects us all. Well, now, you just mentioned the word manifestation, and of course, that pops out to me, because when I was reading your book, I realized that all of the work that you've been doing with Heart of Williamsport is your opportunity to manifest your ideas, your philosophy from your book, The Heart of the Matter. It's basically Mary Woods walking the walk and talking the talk. And (laughs) (laughs) tell me a little bit about your book. Now, before you do, though, I want to mention that you're not only a writer, but you're also an artist and a poet and a teacher, and you have um, an interest in ministry. So these mm-hmm. are all things that you combined in your book, The Heart of the Matter. And now talk to us about your great conspiracy of love. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that we're all engaged Um in that great conspiracy of love. I think that uh, whether we know it or not, um, there is a divine orchestration happening at this time. And I think that we can discover it by listening to our hearts. And I think that that's how my book came about, is through my willingness to uh, ask, okay, what am I here for? (laughs) What am I supposed to do now? (laughs) And listening to the answer, which to me came in the form of, okay, get up early in the morning. And first thing when you get out of bed is grab your notebook and a pen and just start writing. And so I, you know, did these morning pages um, every day, uh, kind of as a assignment that I was guided to do. And I really didn't know what it was for. I certainly didn't know that I was writing a book. Uh, And the book did not come linearly either, like from the beginning to the end. I just started writing. And the theme was all about following my heart and how I've been kind of in a journey all of my life uh, following my heart. 
And it's led me into all kinds of different adventures, uh, relationships, um, places to live, work, you know, just a lot of uh, diversity in my life. But the theme has always been about following my heart. So at one point in my story, I realized, oh, I I could write a book. (laughs) I have all these pages here and I could put them together in a um, um, kind of like a collage of of all these um, chapters, which were all related to the heart. So my book uh, became eight chapters talking about the first thing is um, really about having a change of heart. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really about giving people an experience about the whole heart and it guides us to becoming wholeheartedly happy. And it's so fun, Robin, that you're the wholehearted author and that this is the word, the term that came to me, uh, when I wrote my book too, is that, um, I guess the one problem is that we feel separate, we feel divided uh, from ourselves and from each other, and the goal or the answer is to really embrace our wholeness, accept ourselves as we are authentically as a whole person, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between, it's all who we are. And when we can wholeheartedly accept ourselves and love ourselves unconditionally, um, and then we can do that to others, for others too. And it's that spirit, it's that love that can transform ourselves and our world. And to me, that is the, the great awakening of the human heart which will triumph over all the, the division that seems to separate us and give us an experience of the love that really unites us all at heart. You know, you mentioned this this parallel between my quest for wholeheartedness and your quest. And you're right, this is a grand experiment on my part. Um, as a writer, I'm used to being alone. In fact, I really enjoy being alone. It's um, it's my safety net. I love solitude. But I also like to come out of my little, you know, you mentioned arc later in your book, but you know, and I have that with my little home here on the river. Sometimes I come out and I will participate in projects like Heart of Williamsport or, you know, work for a living at like coming college. But my quest for being wholehearted meant that I needed to step outside of my comfort zone and connect with other writers because I, I thought back to my, to my, um, my beginning of my quest and the idea that I had was, I've been struggling for years as a writer, and it is a lonely quest. And like I said, I do love being alone, but sometimes writing can be too lonely, especially when you're embarking in the new publishing industry, the way we have to accept so much of the responsibility for publishing our books ourselves. And and whereas part of me embraces that. I'm like, yeah, I get to do this all by myself now. I can, you know, I've got a vision. I know what to do. I can do this. But there's a lot of other aspects to creating your own book and getting it out there, such as marketing, pub, you know, promoting, sharing. And, and that's where yeah. a lot of writers fall by the wayside. Because, you know, 
all of a sudden, we're, we're coming out of our little hole where we've been hiding from the world and we haven't been talking to anyone. And now all of a sudden, we're talking. And, and that makes us feel sometimes a little inauthentic. So my quest to be wholehearted was the idea that I need to speak to other writers. I need to talk to other writers and to see what's working for them, what's not working for them, but also to connect over something that I really love. And when I was looking at your first chapter, the chapter one, where you're talking about the change of heart, and, and you go through these different descriptions with your artwork, talking about half-hearted and heartless and broken heartless, hearted and heart sick. And, and, you know, you can see that these are all different stages and moments in people's lives when, you know, I've, I have certainly felt half-hearted and I've definitely felt heartless. And there have been times when I was brokenhearted or heart sick, but my favorite state to be is definitely wholehearted and happy. And I, I really appreciated yeah. you being able to break down those different stages and to let people know that they're just transient stages mm-hmm. in your yeah. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all part of being human. It's uh, the human experience of feeling separate that we feel that we're uh, different or we don't belong or um, we, we have doubt and fear and, you know, we're, we're a it's that separation from love and judgment that keeps us in pain. And uh, we can really go down with that or we can have a change of heart, which is to um, ask to see things differently and to have a willingness to um, to listen to the highest part of ourselves, that, that love, which takes us uh, on a journey of self-discovery, um, how we're really not separate, how we really all are much more alike than we are different. We all have a heart. And when we uh, reach that connection with others, we learn more about ourselves so I, too, like you, am an introvert, and I love to have my space and my alone time, my quiet time. And to balance that, I also love to connect with other people because um, I'm seeing in them, I see a reflection in them. Uh, we're, we're all mirrors to each other. And people show me more about myself, uh, the good and the bad, the, the things I need to work on, or the things that the gifts that they give to me. Um, but at any rate, it's all um, a gift, really. It's all part of the journey. And I think we're all, we all need each other because we're all in this together, and uh, we strengthen our wholeheartedness by connecting with the whole hearts of others. Right. And that's, I think, what we need to do now. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, part of the answer in the world now. And there's so much division. If we can choose to uh, see the wholeness in ourselves and one another, then we can lift us up out of the muck into the highest and best that's within us. You mentioned that when you talk about 
the revolution of the heart. You talk about how people are very tired of living in fear. And, and you ask mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, you, you talk about empowerment and you say, have we given away our power? And, and I really enjoyed when you said, imagine if children were taught today in school, the golden rule to do unto others. And then, then when you brought that full circle, you said, wait a second, others are you. When you give to yeah. others, you give to yourself. And that is exactly what I'm trying to do with Wholehearted Author. Instead of trying to constantly promote my books, I want to learn about other writers and their work and help them promote their books because they are me. Yeah, that's the truth. That's right. And, and giving and receiving are the same. I mean, you know, we think that, you know, we, we um, get by taking, but we really receive by, by giving. And so you're on the right track, love, because, um, you know, we, if you help others, you're helping yourself and we all win. Now talk to me a little bit about your spiritual journey. You, you were raised as a, a Catholic, right? Are you still Catholic? Uh-huh. Can you tell me no. a bit about how you, how you feel and worship and your ministry today a little bit about your evolution in your spiritual world yeah well as a child i was raised catholic as my mother was and went to uh ccd and on for me more than the religion I, it was just kind of like uh, my love for god you know i didn't know what religion was or the differences between them but i loved god i i loved love and i i felt the higher power always and was devoted to that and trusted that that presence was guiding my life and i felt that from a child and as i went to school i studied comparative religions and philosophy and you know, I left the Catholic Church because of, I think, all the dogma and stuff, but Catholic means universalist. And I guess I'm still Catholic with a small C in that I believe the universalist idea. Uh, in fact, the, I became a minister uh, with the Universal Life Church, um, which really is got the basic principle that anyone can be a minister who wants to be, because who's to say, (laughs) you know, it's between you and God, right? You can't really um, regulate that or uh, give someone a license for that, because it's it's really a personal uh, devotion and relationship with God and wanting to be of service to others. my spiritual journey, wow, <laughs> uh, it's been my life. As I said, it's been following my heart. And I believe that when you're asking to learn and you walk into a bookstore, you'll find just what you need to read. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the books even fall off the shelf at you. <laughs> or you'll meet just the right people that will tell you just what you need to hear or you'll pick up something that you read what you need to hear or on the radio, or it's just like everything is conspiring. This is great conspiracy of love to help you, to guide you, to teach you, to inspire you, to uh, really be your best self. And it's a journey and there's no one path. There's many paths. Um, 
there is this individualism of our people. It's individual curriculums, but we're all students in the school of life. Everything's a classroom, and we choose what teacher we're going to have. We can listen to our ego, which is very critical, very competitive, very, um, uh, I guess it's, it's hurtful, basically, because it lies to us. Uh, and tells us things aren't true. Um, and uh, that's the nature of the world often is that we get hurt a lot when we listen to that teacher. Yet the change of heart is a change of teachers. When we listen to our higher self or what I call a Holy Spirit, uh, which is the voice of God within each of us, we can learn about love, learn about forgiveness, learn about unity and kindness and all that's good and beautiful and holy, uh, which is within each of us. And well, it's, it's just the truth of who we are. Um, so it is a process of remembering that and discovering that and ultimately being that, right? Because we have to, have, yes. to, have to live that. I, well, I was just wondering before you mentioned the word ego, that I am receptive. I do see signs, like you said, like books literally falling off a shelf, you know, or, you know, I do uh -huh. see things that just leap out in the universe at me. It's like, oh, yeah, the timing is always perfect. I mean, I feel that I personally live in this serendipitous moment that's just mm -hmm. ongoing, everlasting. But then there are other mm -hmm. people in my lives that just seem oblivious, absolutely mm -hmm. oblivious to these signs. And I wonder why are they blind? And it's because they're, mm -hmm. they're listening to the ego. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Well, I think that you, the word oblivious implies that they're not aware. And so, um, I think that the spiritual path is about awareness is about, as you said, um, you're seeing the signs, the serendipities, or what I call the synchronicities, that everything has a meaning. It's like you're being guided and you pay attention to the messages that are coming all the time because you're aware. And for those people who aren't aware, they're kind of like with the program, you know, <laughs> because I think this world and the educational system and the indoctrination that we're under is kind of like a program that keeps us in like the matrix, uh, keeps us kind of like a uh, nose to the grindstone of, you know, just being a good little economic slave. And you don't really have time to be aware <laughs> because you're just so caught up with your, you know, work and daily um uh, experiences. So, um, is that the ego? Sure. You know, I think this, you know, that we're all egos in this world. We all have bodies and we all have to, you know, be normal in the world. Um, yet there, there's also a higher part of us, um, our spiritual part. We're all truly spiritual beings having a human experience. So, uh, yeah, we, we have, have both parts are a choice we make between listening to the ego, um, which is just a limited perspective and really not true at all uh, <laughs> because we made it up. <laughs> but 
what is real uh, isn't something we made, uh, but something that we can realize and become aware of and let it guide us and teach us to a higher purpose for everything. Now, you talk also about having a compassionate heart, and this is where I really recognized you in your book, because you, of all the people I know, you exude empathy, and you you explain it as compassionate love is being sensitive to what someone is feeling at the moment, and being having that, you even give us a prescription on how to develop that kind of open heart. You talk about uh, prayer or meditation on a daily basis. Do you still practice prayer or meditation on a regular basis? Oh, what a lovely question. It's, it's so great to have that question because, um, you know what? I think it's more, it, it's a daily state of being now. It is not just a practice that I say, okay, I'm going to sit down and meditate or I'm going to pray. No, it is a constant state of being now. And I'm so excited to say that because for many years, I did have practices that I would practice. It's kind of like learning to play an instrument. When you first need to learn to play the instrument, you have to practice, right? Right. And and so I would, you know, practice praying and practice meditating and all those spiritual disciplines. But then there's a point when after you're playing an instrument for many years that you have an experience where the music gets played through you and you're not even thinking, practicing, you're just suddenly this beautiful music comes through you easily and effortlessly. And you're like, wow, listen to that. <laughs> and you, and you, it's like so perfect. It's so divine. And it's just coming through you. Well, I think that's what happens um, that we become instruments of peace, instruments of love, instruments of our higher self. And it happens easily and effortlessly as we just get out of the way and <laughs> let love come through. Okay, that sounds like a great suggestion. I've been trying to do that, um, create what I'm feeling and feel what I'm creating. And that, that goes into your, your next topic where you talk about the intelligent heart and you're saying that inspiration is spirit in action. You also talk about mm. making lists, making a list and how sometimes when you make a list, what you're doing is you're intelligently manifesting your desire and that sometimes you'll find a list and fit and take a look at it and go, Oh my goodness, I've, I did. I achieved all of these or I have received all of these. You're saying that life mm -hmm. life is what we make it. Do you still yeah. make lists? Uh, I I do, but not as much. Um the and it's interesting, my own evolution of that. I was a planner. And I uh, was very organized and, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. And I still, like, my basically my lists now are more like my monthly bills that I have to remember to pay. But instead of my to-do lists, I still write my notebook every day, my journal every day, but it doesn't have as many lists in it now. And what I attribute that to is I've been living more in the moment instead of planning um, as much because you still plan, you still write things on the calendar and stuff like that. But instead of making lists, I 
live in the moment and I just listen. Do you feel like maybe your life is more in balance now that many of the things that would be on your list already exist in your life? That, that too, that too, yes. And it's almost like I am being guided moment to moment of what to do instead of Mary as an intellect planning what she should do. Okay. You see, yes. it's, it's like um, my evolution of it is, is now I don't even have to plan. I don't have to think about what to do. All I need to uh, do is be in the present moment and ask and listen and do what I'm supposed to do now. And that's a full-time job, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because living in the present moment is absolutely a full-time job because life is a series of consecutive here and nows. And if you're always here doing what you're supposed to do now, then uh, you don't need to make a list about the future so much because uh, uh, that'll take care of itself. I do have that failing. I'm constantly living in the future. Like, where am I going to be next? And then I mm -hmm. get, then I get like slapped in the face with a present moment. Like I'm sitting here talking to you and I look out my window and I can watch a giant bald eagle soar through the sky as it works its way down the river looking for its meal. And, and then I remember, oh, the present is the best place to be. Quit worrying about the future. Yeah. Are you, right. are you keeping a gratitude journal? Well, not specifically. What I've been doing, and I have on my bookshelf here, I write every day in a journal. There, there are actually notebooks um, that um, just write about what happens every day uh, and any highlights or things. It's kind of like I'm, I'm recording it for some reason, and I'm really not sure what it's about, but I've done it all of my life. I just uh, and certainly, I, it is also of gratitude because there's. I'm always grateful for each day. I love my life and um, all the things and people and um, it, you know every moment that happens is a is a memory that I treasure. And writing it down somehow uh, keeps it in my in my memory or keeps it alive in um, some way. So I, I'm not sure why I do it, but it's just a calling. Uh, to, and so I write every day. I used to keep a journal when I was a young girl. Um, I think I was about 16 or 17 when I stopped keeping a daily journal. But I recently, about two months ago, started writing in a little gratitude journal. I, I think this was because of my friend Tanya Anderson uh, uh -huh. talks about it a little bit. So I, I've been every morning just grabbing this little small notebook that I've had and just writing three things that I'm grateful for at the beginning of every mm. day. And, and mm -hmm. I, I've been noticing that I, I feel much more peaceful with that. Um, I'm also um, very interested in what you talk about with the biological heart. You talk about, of course, this is my area of interest, is health, health and exercise and stress. And what do you do to stay heart healthy? Hmm. Well, uh, it is a holistic answer to that because uh, I believe our heart is not just biological, um, but it is certainly emotional and our thoughts and our, uh, you know, alignment with our higher self. It, so it is a 
um, being heart healthy is certainly all in, inclusive, all holistic uh, in the true sense of the wholeness. Um, physically, um, I do yoga every morning when I get up. Um, it just, I do about a 20 minute yoga routine every day, and it's just my own little uh, stretching and quiet time. Um, and that helps keep me limber, keeps my spine limber, and um, gets me limber. And I eat really well. I have a natural diet that's, uh, I guess, clean food, you know, without chemicals or preservatives. I always read for labels. And um, um, so my diet is good. I take supplements uh, to make sure I get all the nutrients that I need. And for exercise, I love to dance. Um, I love to walk and uh, swimming. Um, it, those are my three favorite. I, I go to the, the YMCA and swim laps. Um, not so much this winter, though. I, I kind of hibernate more and don't exercise as much. But I think that uh, that's just my biorhythms. I like to sleep more <laughs> in the winter. Sure. And I, um, but I think that my heart is healthy because of all of my feelings that I have of gratitude, like you were discussing. That's the key. Gratitude is the emotion that puts you in your heart. And when you're grateful for all your, your blessings in your life, all the people in your life, all just look around where you are, all the things you have that you love around you, and all that you get to do each day, and you just feel that grateful uh, emotion. That's the the energy that puts you in your heart, and that's the key to happiness. <laughs> One of my favorite chapters in your book, of course, was the humor and the happy heart. And I was I was enchanted when you were talking about the O pun heart instead of O pen. You've got this little <laughs> play on words for puns and you filled that chapter with puns. And I just, I really enjoyed reading them. They made me smile. Talk to me a little bit about how important humor is in your life. Oh yeah. Well, it's real important. In fact, when I think about my life, my favorite memories are laughing. Um, and it's wonderful to be with people that make you laugh. Uh, I think that the world and life can be very serious and very heavy and intense sometimes. And I'm always looking for ways to lighten up and not take things too seriously. And uh, I have, uh, I'm kind of have this wit that I love and I hear puns when people are talking, I hear, you know, just plays with words and so I will say little puns all the time because and sometimes I don't even think about them. They just come out and, and it's just silly and funny. But I, some people say puns are the lowest form of humor. I disagree. Um, I think the lowest form of humor is whenever we're putting people down and making fun of them and are sarcastic and attacking. But I think real humor is witty and silly and fun and plays with words, you know, like double meanings of things that uh, um, make you smile, if not laugh, and remember not to take things too seriously. Yeah, you mentioned but with heart. <laughs> yeah, that laughter is internal jogging. 
So it's it's great <laughs> exercise for your your entire body, and and I really yeah. enjoyed where you you were quoting one of your favorite swamis, and he was telling puns, and he was saying commit random acts of comedy and practice fun shui. <laughs> I love that idea <laughs> that fun f u n. That's a great play. Yes, you've heard the expression. Uh, let's put the fun back in dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you you wrap up your book with a return to the heart of the matter, and you talk about only love being the real feeling in the world, and that the original error is that people could believe that they are separate from God, and that the answer is to just love one another. Talk to me a little bit about how you see your heart as your place of safety, the arc of the heart. Hmm. Well, if if our source of our creator uh, created us all as the children of God, then we were created uh, all with that heart, that love, uh, which is our source, which is what connects us to our source. So, that is our arc of safety, our hearts, that if we would just listen to our hearts, um, follow our hearts, stay in our hearts, we'd be staying in love. And it's so simple. It's just like the greatest truths are the simplest, love one another. And to live that, to love yourself unconditionally and wholeheartedly as you are, and love everyone for who they are, knowing that, you know, we're all kind of having a tough battle here being human. It's hard because, <laughs> you know, we have aches and pains and, you know, a lot of struggles. And yet if we can all be kind to one another and look beyond our personalities, look beyond our egos and whatever appearances we have in the, in the school of life and see that we all have a heart that we all are created by love and love is what unites us all. And if we see that in everyone looking beyond the appearances to the heart of the matter, (laughs) which is that we're all one, then we're uplifting humanity into a higher state of consciousness. And we become co-creators in this, uh, great awakening of the human heart to express love and really live life in a way that uh, we create win-win situations that we cooperate together. And instead of having the competition that divides us, we have the cooperation that unites us. And uh, I think that's what we're about to experience collectively um, is that spiritual awakening, a direct and personal experience collectively that we will remember that truth of our being. And I think the whole world's going to change because of that. How, how do you think this is going to come about? How are people going to wake up to this united thought? Well, the how is the mystery. Uh, the when is a mystery. Uh, I I can't say that I know, but I feel it, and I have felt it all my life. 
So it's like an intuitive knowing that this lifetime is extraordinary because of this shift in consciousness, this uh, awakening of our human hearts will happen to us individually and collectively. And um, because of that change of consciousness, that change of perception, um, everything in the outer world will change as a result. So I'm feeling it. I feel we're close. And that's what I, I, you know, I wrote my book about. I guess it was that um, trusting that if, um, because the tr- only the truth is true, that it will dawn on all of us, uh, you know, and love will be the answer. And I just trust that with all my heart. I really enjoyed working on this particular book because it helps me with my my thought processes. I've been, like I said, thinking about, you know, why why did I bother going the wholehearted route? What am I going to do with it? How is it going to end up? I don't want it just to be, you know, is it something that just promotes me? No, I've been thinking that, you know, there's there's themes behind every author that I talk to. And, and obstacles and difficulties and successes as well. And it all tells me that, you know, eventually it's going to be a book of wholehearted authors, you know, just a way, a new way for writers to not just worry about, you know, how do I work on my book, but how do we work together in this new mm-hmm. publishing industry? Because, you know, in the past, it's always been a very, very lonely path. Like I said, you know, and, and one filled with rejection, always filled with some kind of rejection. And then once we, you know, right. lost, lost the idea of submitting books to publishers and losing the whole concept of, you know, rejections, we're not going to get rejected over and over again. We just got one big rejection with like, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. You know, you got to do it yourself. You know, so then yeah. all the obstacles change. So I want to help other writers figure out, you know, what's going to work for them. And if it doesn't work completely, it's okay. It's all part of the process. It's the experience of writing a book and having that book in your hand, whether it's bought by one person or a hundred people or 10,000 or a hundred thousand, you know, you still have Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. same sense of completion and happiness when you finish your project. Yes. Yes, I really did. And yeah, it was this feeling that it was for a purpose. And I know what you mean about that completion. It's it's a real celebration. And thank you so much for what you're saying about uh, uh, collaborating with others. Uh, I know other people, um, girlfriends of mine, who have written books where they have um, different people each uh, write each chapter. Right. So, you know, um, and so it's a, a, the book, you know, may have 10 chapters. It's written by 10 different people. Uh, and uh, it is on a theme and everyone writes their part of it. And there you have a book and it's a, a collaboration. So, yeah, I have two books like that from girlfriends of mine who uh, self-published their, their books on that theme. And that feels like the energy of the heart. Because the heart is about cooperation. 
right. not competition. The head is about competition because um, we have like the two lobes of the brain, you know, we're yes. always analyzing and always competing. And yet the heart wants to create win-win situations where everybody um, can win and be appreciated. That's an excellent way to describe how I feel. My brain is in constant tug of war about what should I do? What should I do? I need to do this because this is what I need to do to be successful and to make money. And my heart is saying, you know, really, that's not why you get up every morning and come sit at your computer and work on your different projects and brainstorm your different ideas. It's not about succeeding. It's about creating. Yes, that's the, that's the new paradigm. You're talking, you're experiencing that, Robin, because the old paradigm was all about, you know, just getting ahead and, you know, making money at all costs. You know, you need to be the winner. You need to get be the aggressor. And, and that's the old um, power over mentality of the old paradigm. And um, the new paradigm, which is happening is, it's through us. It's, we're giving birth to it right now. It's coming through us. It's all about that. Uh, life is art. Life is, you know, expressing love. What do I love, you know, and what makes me happy? What do I really want to do? And so you follow that because that is why you're here. You're not here to conform to some external standard of what you think or the world tells us we should be. You want to be who you are and trust that your gifts that you innately want to express are exactly what you're here to express. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, well, um, my book is uh, available um, in a uh, paperback copy. It's also available uh, as um uh, book on Kindle, um, and uh, I'd love for you to get it. It's an easy book to read. It doesn't take long to read, and um, I illustrated it with collages um, that are, are kind of symbolic of all the different pieces coming together to form a whole piece of art, which is what we all are. I think we're all we all have a piece in the great tapestry of, of life. And as we all come together and add our part to it, we're this great collage. So I have a collage with every chapter and some poems. So it's not a long book and it is a great Valentine's gift because uh, it has a big rainbow heart on the cover. And, uh, you know, it is available locally at Otto's bookstore in Williamsport or on Amazon, certainly. Um, and, um, I also have a website called, uh, the heart of the matter dot us. And even though it's not totally updated, there's some fun things on there to read about my book. And, um, I just invite you to go check it out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate you talking to me. And I appreciate you being a part of our show. And I wish you all the best with your book. And I will do my best to help you promote it, especially in time for Valentine's Day, because I want everybody to be open and wholehearted, just like you are. Aw, thank you, love. Thank you so much. And um, I celebrate the common purpose we share.
Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so much fun, and I feel uh, so much closer to you now that we have shared um, all this good energy. Yeah. Thank you. Really, I so enjoyed your book. Thank you so much, honey, and I really appreciate that, and you've really inspired me and uplifted me a lot today, so thank you so much for that. Bye. Bye now. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Mary Woods and that it inspires you to be willing to listen to and follow your heart, to search for the heart of the matter. Are you living with a conflicted, compromised, or indifferent heart? Are you discouraged, depressed, or dejected? Are you ill with stress or worse? Follow Mary's advice and have a change of heart. Take steps today to become wholehearted and happy. Do this by being grateful, open, peaceful, and present. Visit Mary's website to learn more about her personal philosophy and look for her book online at Amazon. You can find me online at robinvanauken.com. While you're on my site, download my novel, West Wind. It's free. And speaking of free, I've got half a dozen free resources for writers and other creatives. Sign up today. Check out the episode and show notes at robinvanauken.com, session 10. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button on your device. Until next time, goodbye.